All right, everybody, welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, also known as Kilgallen's Pub. Uh, for all you YouTube subscribers, thank you. Big shout out to you. Can't do without you. You guys have been amazing. Everyone who subscribes on Apple, Spotify, all that stuff, you guys are the best. We've got a big podcast in store for you today. A dude who's making his second time on, return to the podcast, second time in total. First time by himself. Last time he was with the great Marty DeRosa. I'm very excited. I'll reveal him shortly. Very shortly. i got to build it up a little bit here. Give him the intro that he's worthy of. He is a professional wrestler on the AEW lineup, which you could check him out Wednesday nights on TNT. Everybody, without further ado, let's welcome the one, the only, Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana. That was very, uh, very sports of you on the AEW lineup. You like that? Yeah, I guess that. What would you say? Like roster? Would you say company? On the show. He's on the show. show. He's on AEW Wednesday nights on TNT. Check your local listings. I don't know what the number is where you live. Well, I live um, uh, four miles from you. Yeah, you uh, you actually are pretty good. It would be 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. And it's called Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, yeah. That's a good name. I like that one. I think it is a good name. I like that. You know, the first first stand-up comedy show I ever produced, which I should not have been producing because I was... Five months into comedy, so I was yeah. not a good producer. We have the equivalent of that. It's essential of like uh, my first time promoting a wrestling show. It's like, oh, you've been wrestling two months and you're putting on a wrestling show. Yeah, rookie mistake, very amateurish. But I uh, called it Thursday Night Thunder, Perfect. and I s- straight up ripped off the WCW Thunder logo. Mm. And I was so bad, I didn't even get uh, flyers made. I printed them off my computer using like the Thunder logo as like clip art and then had like a paragraph long description underneath. And it was just stupid. I was, I was, I was going to ask, are you a Photoshop wizard? Do you know how to do this stuff? No, I've gotten better as I've gotten along. But back then I was just really bad. I remember other comedians and I had big names on. I remember like the first handful of shows. I had Kumail Nanajani, who's like a big movie star now. I had TJ Miller. I had uh, just a bunch of big names. Hannibal Burris. Where did they you, all made fun of me. Where did you run, and how much did you pay? It was a free. It was a free building. No, it was. We charged. Uh, I think it was five dollars. No, for you to rent to you to get the place. Oh no, it was yeah, it was free for me. So it was a bar, um, Irving and Kedzie ish, on the north side mm. of Chicago, and uh, yeah, it was just a, it had like a cool little side room. It was called Briscoe's Bistro. It's not. The, it's a different bar now. That's not the name of it anymore. And um, I got a good crowd because I was so new that all of my friends, you know, I grew up in Chicago. They all came out. They're like, oh, Joe's doing a stamp show. We got to check it out. Wait a second. And Wait a second. You grew up in Chicago? I know. I've never, I've never mentioned that. I'm surprised it hasn't come up ever. Well, between I, can't, us. I can't hear it in your, in your vocalization either. You know, I really don't feel like people from <laughs> Chicago have an accent. I get this shit where people are like, oh, dude, dude, you've got a Chicago accent. And I'm like, I feel like i just talk like how anchors talk on the news now i call now my mom is a real chicago uh rogers park grew up went to every single um went to every single cubs game as a kid's 1962 season and so on she uh she is very uh vocal on it's chicago where i say chicago i say chicago yeah why am i why are we wrong i don't know Okay. Where maybe your mom's wrong? I don't want to say that. Well, but... I mean, I'm saying she's like through and through, you know. I would have to ask my dad. I don't know. Maybe it's different parts of the city. Mm. Uh, 
I think the less educated say Chicago. So maybe your mother's more educated than us. Ooh, quite possibly. And I'm one of the dumbest professional wrestlers there is. Let me open up a little Zevia here. Not a drinker, so I can't drink in the pub with you. That's okay. I've kind of gone away from that a little bit. To the new listeners, I I call it the Joe Kilgallen podcast not just because it's simpler for search purposes. And uh, it's basically, I try to recreate bar conversation. Mm. So you don't have to be a drinker. I think the last two of the last three guests I've had weren't drinkers. I had a pole dance instructor on last week, and she is not a drinker. Just like myself, but I'll have a Zevia all day. Very good, man. You know, I don't want the... I don't want the artificial sugar. That's what's important. All right, Joe? Yeah, I've been laying off sugar, too. Is artificial sugar worse than regular? You know, the aspartame, that's what they say. It'll do you in, the cancer. We don't need oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, we, we don't, don't need, need that it. at all. No. But, man, um, congrats to you with all the success on AEW and everything like that. Dude, it's been awesome to see um, as a friend and a fan of all the hard work that you've put in over these last years. It's been really, really, really inspiring to watch. And I've got to ask right off jump street dude let's hear the hard-hitting questions hard-hitting questions what was it like first give take me through the process of when you found out you were going to wrestle chris jericho and then what was that like oh that's because you're a, a huge chris jericho fan i do i'm i am a big jericho fan i mean I, listen i appreciate chris jericho in the wrestling industry but i wouldn't say he was my one or two or top 10 or 20 um so i'm trying to think of other people that i've wrestle like i wrestled d'lo brown once and that was like what i'm wrestling d'lo brown so yes i did wrestle chris jericho i think the cool thing was is that i got to wrestle him on wednesday night on tnt on national television in a pretty like back and forth wrestling match uh so the whole world got to see it that was the important part and that, and that wasn't necessarily chris jericho because i see him as a peer uh, and almost an equal, you know, I know he's a legend in wrestling, but, you know, I just we're both doing our job. So uh, the cool part was having a higher profile match on television, which is nice, which is always nice. I guess the equivalent of, you know, I don't know, getting a third, getting a, a 30, uh, a Comedy Central half hour. Right? I think that's a good that's a very good comparison. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering. So because Jericho, is he the biggest name you've ever wrestled? As I mean, in terms I, of like notoriety, uh, does The Rock count? Uh, I mean, what has he done lately? Right. I mean, yeah, then it's probably Jericho. No, of course The Rock counts, dude. Um, I, haven't, I haven't wrestled The Rock. Yeah, I was gonna say, how <laughs> shitty am I at my job? Or I didn't know that like The Rock. I just remember seeing that you were gonna wrestle Jericho, and of course you should see him as a peer because. Sorry, Chris. Cole Cabana is a better wrestler than you are. Mm-hmm. He, you just you are one hundred percent a better wrestler than he is. But I mean, I know that that guy's been like in the industry for a long time. Yeah, um, you know, seems to be a pretty good guy from what I've read. I did wrestle a wrestler named Kenta Kobashi, who nobody in America would know, but he's essentially, uh, you know, I, I would say like a, a Kurt Angle or a Stone Cold of um, of Japan. So I got to wrestle him when I was in New Japan, and then of course, or when I was in Pro Wrestling Noah, and then of course. I wrestled the last two years in a company called New Japan, and I wrestled uh, this guy named Okada and Tanahashi, and those guys are essentially the John Cena's and, you know, whoever, you know, the rocks of Japan. So, I mean, those were kind of the biggest stars that I've gotten to wrestle. That's cool. Do you get more pumped up for a bigger name, or do you just kind of go in the same, you know, mindset with whoever you're going to wrestle? No, I don't know. That's a good question. Um 
Because they're the good questions. Because like when when it's somebody that like I can kind of control, like I just feel like I could do whatever the fuck I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And so then like I feel like the most free. And then if it's a bigger name and someone who has more stature, like I have to like be on with my P's and Q's and I don't want to like upset them or anything. And so those are little things you have to worry about. Definitely. Okay. Well then let me, I'll equate it to stand up because what you said makes complete sense. I know we want to do big shows of course, but it's way more fun to do a big show where you're like, you know, if you're doing a show like at a bar, but it's like comedians you should know, which is a show I help produce that you've been to a million times. That show is always more fun than doing like some Comedy Central showcase or even doing one of the bigger clubs. You know, if I was doing like Laugh Factor in Hollywood or doing a spot on like the main stage at the Comedy Store, those were really fun. But you know that you're not going to be as adventurous. You're not going to play around as much with those shows, like the ones with the more prestige. Whereas a fun show, like a community you should know, you're like, oh, I can do whatever the fuck I want up here. It's pure freedom. And I don't have to worry about every little thing being perfect. And it's home field advantage too, right? Oh, hell yeah. Which is so important, especially comedians you should know. You you know you know the room. You know the people. That's like if I'm wrestling at, like let's say, Logan Square Auditorium for AAW, which I did a lot before the whole world shut down. Um, you know, I, 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 w- I would be totally in my own element with my own fans, and they'd be ready to, like, they'd be up for anything. I could, I could almost not fail. Even if I failed, I wouldn't fail. Yeah. See, that's where, you know, that's where as a comedian, I'm still striving to get to that point where I could do a show where I know everyone who's in the crowd came to see me where, you know, when I do clubs like Laugh Factory and Zanies, which I love these clubs, I know they're there for a show and you're there to see a bunch of comedians. So it's cool that when they're there to see you, it does feel like obviously you could still disappoint your fans, but that initial pop when you walk out, that's got to be one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, that's the goal, I guess. We'll get you there. YouTube's blowing up TikTok. Well, they better not cancel TikTok. Oh man. yeah, what are you gonna <laughs> do, dude? I put so much work into figuring out like a new platform. Is this real? To... I don't think so. It sounds like Microsoft might buy TikTok, and you you have some great stuff on TikTok, man. You're really funny on that. So, well, I, I want to see it go. Away. I was liking TikTok, but I liked doing. It. See, you're putting up clips, but I like to do it in the moment when I was at wrestling shows with my wrestling friends. But now there's no wrestling shows. So my TikTok game has uh, slowly gone downhill, um, but I think it's a perfect place or a platform for a comedian to put some quick one-two shots in there. Hell yeah. And it's made me think about my joke writing in general, because with TikTok, everyone, it's there's like a money range of between 20 to like 45 seconds. You really don't want to go over 45 and then 20 is pretty good. You can even go less than 20, but I feel like they don't bump it as much. You mm. know, TikTok kind of knows its platform. All these platforms have like a designated time in which they want you. Like right now, YouTube actually likes longer form. So they, they if you put a two-minute clip on YouTube, it won't do as well as, say, an eight- or ten-minute clip. Can That's we Can we give you a new nickname? Now, what? Now before we give you your new nickname, do you have a stand-up comedian nickname? Um, Let's see. DeRosa has Marty DeRosa. Everyone has called me Kilgi, uh, okay. which some people hate. Some people like uh, Ed Towns and um, Mike Bridenstine. Actually, Bridenstine gave me this one. He calls me the Red Mamba. Mm, it's a good which, one. By the way, I've been wearing a hat because the hair is getting really like long and kind of out of control. Looks cool. You think so? Yeah. All right, maybe I'll keep it off for just a touch until I feel uncomfortable and then I'll put it back on. But yeah, I need I need to tighten it up a little bit. Um, 
I got to figure out the lighting in here too. That's why I feel like my face is looking extra white. I made it too bright. I will also, I'm a pro wrestler with uh, a constant fake tan at all times of the year. So I'm not doing you any favors here. I use that as a reference with someone because I think I heard it on the radio forever ago where someone was, someone was just saying like, oh dude, black guys just, you know, in the penis department, way, way bigger. And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe, but also it's going to look bigger because it's darker. That's mm. not a knock on black guys, but I'd heard this on radio where it was a wrestler. I can't remember who they were interviewing. This was like Q101 in the 90s, which was a real local Chicago reference, everyone. And uh, they were saying, well, we all fake tan because you look, your muscles pop more when they're darker. Everything darker pops more. Yeah. And, then and I, I remember f- thinking I fake, that going. I fake tan my penis so much more. Just constant, constant. You'd you know, because right? I, I well, I want it to look as big as humanly possible. Got to respect the game. That's the know? goal. So uh, I've given you the new nickname, uh, Joe Kilgallen, King of the Algorithm. King of the Algorithm. Okay, yeah. I'll take that one. I got to figure out some new ones though. But yeah, I do TikTok, man. I'd be really bummed. What I love about TikTok and YouTube, it makes me feel good as a comedian because all I put out there is this comedy. Where I feel like Instagram and Twitter, you Instagram, you almost have to be like kind of. I don't know, artful in a weird way. The picture has we to We know look you're cool. not that, yeah. No, I'm not. Right. I, I'm the least artsy comedian that's ever been a comedian. <laughs> I don't even like considering myself an artist. Some people say, oh, comedians, they're artists. I'm like, hmm. You I know, just talk like, shit. I talk shit. I, 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 yeah, I mean, writer, sure, because we have to like, but even I don't write, I think in my head and then I say it out loud. I jot down the idea on a notepad, but you know. Um, you're in the world of comedy now, too. You do improv. And well, wrestlers themselves are naturally, you know, you're a performer. I consider so. myself an artist. Yes. Do you? <laughs> yes. Uh, always. Even before that was a cool thing to say. I feel it's a little hipstery to say now, as people will say that, that like this is performing art. Um, but I've said that for years, for years. Well, you're right. And <laughs> I'm an artist, too. But I think I still have that. Like, it feels hipstery to say. Right. Whereas now it says hipstery. It's hipstery to say for a, a wrestler. So I almost say it less. But I've always considered myself an artist. Definitely. So when you were growing up, like in high school, did you go out for any plays and stuff like that? Did you go into that world at all? No. You know, and you you could probably relate to this, I guess, because I was a a jock kid, you know. Just uh, I remember an elective in high school was to take, like, not theater, but just like acting. And I remember, like, me and my buddy took it, and we had so much fun just like trying to crack each other up. But that energy to whatever we were doing in class would always like illuminate us. Cause we became, we knew how to show out if that makes sense. Right. But I would never have like joined a play and never even like crossed my mind. Would your friends have given you shit if you did? They would have, but they would have been, I, I have, I, so I don't know about you and I've had this conversation with, with some other people, but I have, my same closest core of group of friends are my friends from high school still. And so like, even we, uh, we've thrived on giving each other shit for our whole life, but we've also supported each other in like anything we've ever wanted to do. So, you know, I wouldn't have been scared that they would have made fun of me, but I, it's just like, I played basketball and football and baseball. And then when I wasn't playing one of those, I was like working out, trying to get better and bigger for football. Cause that was my main one. And like, there's just no, time to be in a play nor did i like nor did i think about it although here's something i do think about a lot is we didn't have access to like second city or improv or, or comedy so plays to me 
were more of like realistic, boring books in real life. Whereas like I love comedies and like I would have loved to have done something comedy. But, you know, in the north suburbs in Chicago, that like wasn't an option for people like us. I same thing for me, like growing up on the northwest side of Chicago, it wasn't like nobody really thought to do anything like that. It was very much very blue collar, very a lot of city jobs. And I, like you, still very close with a lot of my high school friends. Actually, I was going to go to Columbia. My friend was getting married in Cartagena, Colombia in April. Obviously, that got canceled oh, like everything else in the world. I thought you meant the uni- the University of Columbia in downtown Chicago. No, no, he was going to no. go. He was going to get married in, in South America, gotcha. and it was would have been my first time in South America, so I was excited about it. And then the whole virus hit. So, but yeah, I still talk to these guys. I'm in group text with them and everything. They 100 percent would have given me shit for being yeah. in a play, but they probably would have then gone to the play and been cool about it and all that kind of stuff. I think it's more of a guy thing, just a busting chops, giving each other shit, but nothing's ever like serious. It was cracks me up about the group text I'm in every day. It's just making jokes about, you know, who has a little dick and mm-hmm. you know, who sucks at this and who sucks at that. I, I but think then our... it's someone's yeah, go ahead. No, no. After you. No, I was going to say, but then when it's someone's birthday, like the other day, it's, hey, happy birthday, bud. Happy birthday, man. Dude, great pitch with the family. Awesome. You know, it's like kind of stuff like that that always, you know, it's like this yin and yang. But that's yeah. just how guys are. You know? Our group, I think our group motto is no room in our group our text. Whereas like if you if you even misspell a word, we are on you like uh, pariahs. There is no room for any kind of uh, leeway left or right. So if you post a picture, I mean. We are zooming in and we are checking every little aspect uh, of this picture to try to to try to rip our friend apart. It's very important to us. Well, my friends have been doing this dickish thing lately where they're going on like, you know, they're like spell correcting everyone and any little grammar mistake, which fine. I get it. It's fun to do that sometimes, but I'm a stay at home dad during the day now. You know what I mean? And sometimes I'm texting back a comeback because one of them said talk shit about something and I'm going to miss a word. And then they're going to like, dude, I'm a real baby about that. They got me on two in a row where I was just like, you know what? I'm not doing fantasy football this year. Now you guys ruined it. And you guys can go fuck yourselves and get new friends. How about that? Well, there you I'm go. Retiring back-to-back champion. Well, now you're going to miss out on a third, on a three-peat. I know. Then I, I don't really mean it. I'll come back to it. Would Michael have done that? No, he would have taken it personally and motivated yeah. himself. Right. What'd you right. think of that documentary? Well, you know, I grew up in Deerfield, home of the Birdo Center, Joe. That is true. Right I mean, down the these from you. these guys were everywhere around town. Did I hang, did I see Tony Kukoc at Blockbuster Video? Yes. Did I see Bill Wennington walking his dog? Yes. Did I see BJ Armstrong uh, at McDonald's? Yes. Did I see Scottie Pippen outside of a Jewel Osco holding a twenty four pack and going to myself? I can't believe this athlete drinks liquor. What's happening? Yes, that did happen to me. Also saw Mark Ray smoking a cigarette once and said the same thing. How are these guys, as an athlete myself, how are these professional athletes smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol? Still blows my mind a little bit. Honestly, dude, I've hung out with some professional athletes and some of it <laughs> and, and and some of it does blow your mind a little bit. Yeah. You're like, don't you want to slow down, buddy? You yeah. got a game tomorrow. Like there's yeah. been a few. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not naming names, anybody. Uh, you could join the Patreon and send me a message. I'll tell you on the Patreon, everyone. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, man, I didn't know if you had gone into the, the play route or anything like that. But you were probably like me in the sense that we both played, you know, we all, we played sports in high school. But didn't you have a sense where you're like, oh, I could kind of control a, a room a little bit here. People kind of like listen when I 
when I put on a show a little bit, you know? Oh, I was like, wait, while I was watching the documentary of the Chicago Bulls? Oh, uh, no, I went back to We moved on. We to, moved on. We okay. did. My fault. Well, <laughs> you told me all the cool stuff, and then it made me think of some other shit. But um, no, that Bulls documentary was fantastic, though, right? Yes, yes it was. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, you know, a lot of me became the person that I am, and a lot of my um, outgoingness really was taken, was brought out of me from wrestling, which I started at 18. So I was a bit of an outgoing person, but not the most outgoing person in high school and junior high. But boy, when when, you know, the wrestlers taught me how to be wrestlers and showed me how to, you know, start working people and start moving and shaking and cutting promos like it really came out of me and definitely changed who I was as a human being. So uh, it wasn't necessarily that big uh, in my childhood. But, you know, as the years have gone by, it's really come out. And then now. You know, I've turned, you know, I'm 40 years old. Uh, I, you know, I, I would say in my early 20s and my 20s, I was a bit of an extrovert. Now it's kind of swung the other way. And I'm uh, I keep to myself a little more than I used to, you know. I used to think I was a huge extrovert. And then this whole lockdown quarantine thing happened. And I've discovered I love staying inside, yeah, you know, the best. Um, it's definitely made me go, I got to upgrade the living situation. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people have been struggling economically and that's awful. Uh, luckily my wife's a nurse. So, um, you know, we still, still got some money coming in, but we, right away I was like, well, if we're going to be inside all day, we got to upgrade this TV. So went up to a 65 inch Whoa. life changing, little life changing. You, you got the means, everybody you want to upgrade that because I've, I've got sad news for everyone. I feel like you're going to be inside more than you'd want to be um hopefully not that long though i mean you and i both even though we like chilling inside and keeping it low key we we need crowds to form again right i mean luckily for me i am i signed a contract where i wrestle on national television every single week and it pays me a contract and i get paid no matter what um but had i not signed that you know i signed that contract in february and the uh coronavirus you know obviously hit in march uh i would have been you know in the, in the same ballpark as everybody else there would have been no money coming in but luckily i i have this job that that pays me so it's it's very cool i you know i've been offered gigs and i know marty told me the other night he did the laugh factory but i've been offered wrestling shows and i'm just turning them down because um it's just a little like you know i do independent wrestling for 21 years and it was the wild west of professional wrestling and which is the coolest, but the wild west in a pandemic, I don't know how cool that is. So I've been trying to, you know, I'm not taking the gigs because I know I have a check coming in. So, well, yeah, it's an unnecessary risk at that point. I didn't know. So while you're signed to AEW, you could still do like other promotions on the side. Joe, this was my master plan. That's why I signed because I could, you know, I've wrestled Friday, Saturday, Sunday, my whole life. And now this company that runs Wednesdays on TNT, they were like, yeah, of course you can do whatever you want. And I was like, I've hit the jackpot, you know, like it just it's it's like essentially again, it's like getting a movie with Hannibal and then still being able to do a club. But now you obviously your prices are going up because you're in that movie. Yeah, definitely. You know, so my prices were going to skyrocket up. My merch was going to move. It was going to be heaven. And now it's all come to a, a shutdown. So they could. Yeah, I mean, that part sucks, but that's. Your pay goes up because the promotions that on the side that you'll do on a Friday or Saturday night, they get to slap that AEW logo on their poster. That's right. And now, you know, 
although I, I like to think I was kind of a, in the world of wrestling, I was a bit of a household, not a household name, but a name, you know, but essentially, you know, a million people every Wednesday watch us. So, you know, hopefully more, maybe more people know who I am now because I'm on this television show where it'll bring more people to the shows. That's kind of how that works. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I definitely th- in, in the world of wrestling, you are without a doubt a name to me. I mean, I think it's a fact and I don't think you're like, that's a stretch to say the number of times over the course of the last, I've probably known you for close to 10 years now where I've been out across America <laughs> and in different situations where I've seen that light blue, I uh, star of David Colt shirt, classic, classic shirt. I've seen it so many different places where it got to the point where if I had texted you every time I saw it, you'd be, you'd have been annoyed. You'd be like, all right. All right. Yeah, man, that's great. Thanks. But you, after a while it would be kind of, it would have been lame that I kept telling you. Yeah. I always appreciate it, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I always like, I was like a good Goyam who wears that shirt too. A good what? Oh, uh, you don't know that one? Goyam? Goyam? It's a, what is that? Hebrew for? for Christian. Is that? Oh, okay. I don't, you'd I don't be know a, Goyam. You'd be a Goy for sure. Uh, yeah, it's always great when, like, a, when someone's like, oh, I wore this to my church outing and everyone's like, what, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, it's a wrestling shirt. Like, you know, I think people did it on purpose, but I loved it. Oh, that's great. I like that too, man. It's a great shirt. It's a uh, classic. And then I always seen like, you know, WWE where that someone would hold a big Colt head. That's right. You'd see that in the background all the time, man. Almost one of the originals, the big Colt head. Yeah. Yeah, dude, your fan base. I've always been a big fan of the way you. Like, you know, you were in the WWE, uh, which, you know, you worked your ass off to get up to. You know, you had an impressive run in other promotions, which is why you got a contract with them. Probably didn't, you know, safe to say it didn't go exactly the way you wanted to. The worst, Joe. It was the worst. (laughs) I mean, you know, I've talked to friends. Like, I remember talking to Brooks Whelan on a podcast I used to do about sports. And he talked about how SNL was the worst. It was a thing he built up in his mind where it's like, I got this thing I've always wanted. This is going to be amazing. And then it sucked. And you have a similar situation with the WWE. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I both did Brooks Whelan's podcast almost back to back weeks where we both talked about being camp counselors and uh, umpires as children. Yeah, we t- we, he told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, uh, you know, that's, I, and I told that, I told that to Brooks on the podcast is, is knowing that those people who left Saturday Night Live that didn't have the best, um, run there like the Rob Riggles and Jenny Slates like gave me a lot of hope because I essentially got to the SNL of professional wrestling and I had the same I had the same career as uh, Rob Riggle and Sarah Silverman did there you know like no one remembers them from their SNL runs no one remembers uh, you know me from my WWE run but it there was a life after and that gave me a lot of like push and so I'm grateful for those people. And Brooks is one of those people because I think Brooks is hilarious. I love his stand up. And, I, you know, I think he's going to he has and is going to thrive after his SNL career. Great, dude. Everyone check out his podcast. It's called Entry Level with Brooks Whelan. Colt and I are on like two of the three most recent episodes. I think Bill Burr's on his latest one. So it's a nice crazy. run there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three big stars. Hey, would, all in you, a row. would you um, when you were an umpire, would you cheat the system? I did that a lot. Oh, uh, call pitches that weren't strike strikes. No, we we would have a pay sheet where they would like the umpires, the, the coaches had to sign to say you did the game, but that we would get paid double if we did it alone. So I would just like always like forge it to say I did it alone, always. No, I yeah. did not do that. I wish great, I could have. I ran a great scam on the D- DYBA Deerfield Youth Baseball Association umpire 
uh, world. Pr- very proud of it. So you know what they had me doing when I umpired? Uh, I like the 10 to 12 year old division. I would umpire that and they would only have one ump for that. The idea being like, you know, you could then judge the bases and stuff. And then when I would do like the teenage kids, you know, I was only a few years older than them when the right. teenage kids doing like, like the 13 to 14 or whatever. I was 16, 17. So they would just have me ump like the bases. I would never be home plate ump for that. Mm. So what that's was kind of like the system they did. What was your best call? Shit, man. This one like, kid was. Oh, I, I mean, like, like my strike two was a great strike two. Oh, no, dude. I, I learned early on, everybody, when anything you do with kids, especially at baseball, because even the good pitchers are walking half the guys. It's, it's fucking awful. Is that I would learn to do whatever to keep them in a rhythm. Because rhythm is so important at that age for throwing strikes. Okay. And I would do stuff to pump them up. My strike three was almost like Leslie Nielsen in the movie The Naked Gun. <laughs> I was emphatic. Mm. I would do a big strike. Ah! You know, I would do like, you know, I'm almost going to knock over the whole camera setup I got here. But I would do the, like that. Yeah. I would really make like that. What's that? Like a bow and arrow? I don't even know how that became like that. Ah! You yeah, know? Almost a karate strike, if you will. Yeah. I would do the boom. You know, I'd really let them know i wouldn't just do you know i do i would do the strike one i would do the turn do it that way mm. and strike two and then strike three i would really because that way the pitcher walks off man you do that for a 12 year old who's really sailing <laughs> he's walking off blowing kisses at like the other 12 year old girls in the stands and he's you know he's he's ordering hot dogs going i'm it's my game and then it's running smoothly and then 17 year old joe Gets to uh, gets to meet up with the babes. Yeah, get know? out of there. My uh, wife. Anything under two anything under two hours is a is a successful night for sure. Yeah, and I'm, I, and I'm, I, I'm glad you got to meet up with your wife too. It's important. Very important. I had one situation where I was like, ooh, I think about it every now and then. Mm. I got because they like they didn't have like the official umpire gear under the shirt and jerk, you know, for, you know the college shirt or whatever. So we had to hold like a big pillow basically. Yep, this big I had truck, that. Loved right? it. I loved it too, but if you were a little tired and you weren't, I had one where I didn't hold it. So there's this much of a gap between like my neck and collarbone. Like maybe it just went down a little. Mm. There was a foul tip that got me Ooh. like right off the collarbone, I think right here. And as it hit me, I was like, ah. And the kid in the on deck circle said, good, because I just got, I had gotten into it with the coach because <laughs> the coach was, their coach was complaining about my strike zone. Mm. And when he said good, the coach was like, hey, that kid came up. His strike zone yep. was a fucking house. How yep. big I made that. I it was a making, double doorway. I love making house strike zones for asshole kids. I loved it. Yeah. teach. That's how you teach them a lesson. It's yeah. not about participation trophies. Let them get their stupid little piece of plastic. And let me tell everyone listening. Everyone thinks the participation trophy makes a generation weak. I got a participation trophy my first year in live, like T-ball or Little League, maybe the first time pitching in like 1992 or 93. Guess what? It didn't stop me from becoming a competitive psycho. And I was a competitive psycho. I would throw a bat when I struck out. I would punch things. I would get into it with other players because I was a competitive person. The, the little piece of plastic was just for participating. They gave you a different trophy if you won the first place. You know what? That does not surprise me in the slightest. That you were a competitive I, psycho. I Well, yeah, because most people with bad tempers are. There's Because I think I read some about bad tempers. And last time you were on the podcast, you and Marty had a lot of fun giving me shit. But you also, <laughs> you both did a good job. You both were like therapists. You helped me open my eyes to some things. And I've been, I've been a lot better. Because I haven't been in contact with other adults really there much. There you go. So. Two kids. You got two kids. You got to be a dad. You know, 
You're so even keeled, though. Has there ever been a time where you're in a match and someone messes up a move and you're like, oh, dude. Yeah. I'm going to lose my shit. Not messes right up a move. This guy was being pretty disrespectful to me in Scotland. And um, he was disrespectful to me when we got there. He was late to the show. Uh, he was very disrespectful to me in the ring. And eventually I had gotten enough and I did some MMA style shit. I put him in. A, he tried to do some MMA style shit to me and we had a little tussle. Eventually, obviously, I got on top. I got him in a, a rear naked and I whispered in his ear. I go, do you want to do this for real or do you want to do it fake? And he goes, fake, please. I'm so sorry. And I said, good, let's finish this match. And then we finished it like professionals. And then afterwards, I told him that was one of the most disrespectful and unprofessional things I have ever been a part of. You should be ashamed of yourself. You are an awful human being. And um, he he bowed his head in silence. Uh, you know, that was at least respectful. He didn't try to fight me or anything because he knew I beat his ass. I almost did in the ring. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of people think that I'm the, the comedy guy. But uh, listen, I've been scrapping for 21 years in the wrestling ring. Um, you know, I, I got a, I got a little behind my uh, ears, you know, I could break it out when I need to. I like that. No, I loved every second of that. <laughs> and, and at least, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Good on him for not get you know, back talking you. I think he learned his lesson there. Hopefully and he was a kid, man. He was like 23. And I think that's why he, you know, something about this generation or whatever it is, but like, he just, you know, it's not like I'm a grown man. He was a kid. Now that reminds me, man. Did you see the the movie Wrestling with My Family? Yeah, I, I used to work. I used to work for that family. I used to wrestle for them over in in England. Wow did they yeah. do Did they depict them pretty well? Pretty well, yes. They are straight up. I don't know. I don't know if it's a, the right term anymore, but I think it's okay. They were like gypsies, basically. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, pikeys, gypsies. I don't know what they call them over there. I think that I think in the context of what we're saying, that's the right term. I um, hope so. Well, we're not using it derogatory, but I think that's what they call themselves, and it's UK versus American version, so it might be okay. Um, but so the brother, who was great, seemed like a great wrestler, but didn't get his shot. Is he still wrestling? Yes, he's still wrestling. Yeah, they wrestle as a as a team, um, as the UK hooligans, and they're still over there. And I've been on shows with them, and they're doing good. Yeah, it's Paige, who used to be in the WWE, who's now a, a big Twitch star. Uh, I found out how much money she makes on Twitch a month. And, uh, oh, I mean, uh, we, we are in the wrong job, Joe, even though I do have a Twitch now and I'm on Twitch. Uh, I am not making as much as she is. Um, but her, her, yeah, her family basically had a, a, a movie made based off of her and her family who are wrestling promoters for years and wrestlers. And, uh, yeah, the brothers are still wrestlers and the father is still wrestling, I think, like in his late 60s. And then the mom. Uh, who I had on my podcast, Sweet Soraya, you know, she 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 just kind of stopped, I think. But, you know, she was in her mid 40s, maybe. And, uh, you know, I had met her when she, I guess she was in her 30s or something. That's when I started wrestling for them. But, uh, yeah, it was on the water side and they had this little casino. They would run a show every single Monday night and I would go every Monday night and wrestle for them. And by casino, I mean, like. The the dirtiest, not real casino <laughs> casino. <laughs> little boiler room type of thing yeah underground sure. i mean yeah, i like the movie man it was a good movie yeah and and, and it's kind of fun because it like reminded me of like wrestling for them and it was kind of it brought back a lot of nostalgia for me yeah whenever i watch movies like that they really celebrate like the independent spirit of people trying to do what they want to do it makes me go damn i need to go to more shit like that mm. and and i've had all this inspiration to be like i'm gonna go to the next gymnasium wrestling thing i see 
an event for. I'm going to go to the next, you know, bar that's got some band in the corner. I'm going to go to mm-hmm. the next this. And and now I can't do any of that. So what was, uh, what was the last thing sad, you went everybody. to? Um, what was the great, like, last, like, you were like, you knew you were in a moment, but, you know, no one really appreciated it. I'll tell you one before I. Uh, yeah. Tell uh, me you want to give me some time to think of mine. Yeah. I went, I, you know, um, there's a, a punk a Japanese punk band that I think is the coolest. And I'm one of them is like a, a, a big wrestling fan. Their name is P Lander Z. And I saw him at Reggie's and uh, they were so fucking fun. They're the best. If you ever get a chance, give a YouTube to P Lander Z. He actually painted um, a wrestling jacket that I wore on TNT, a yellow one. P Lander Z. I yeah. like that name. Yeah. They're uh, the best. No, I mean the last one, I mean, I, I just go to so many comedy shows doing that, but like the last, there was a band I saw called Oops. I did a show at some like loft space in Wicker Park. Um, and they had a real Nirvana y vibe to me. And I remember asking like the drummer, who was a woman, and I don't know why I mentioned that, but only to say that I've always liked female drummers for some reason. There's They're cool, right? There's a coolness. So cool. There's, there's a sexiness to it too. And um yeah, I was talking to her for a minute or two, and then I was like, can I ask inspiration-wise? She's like, yes, we're all obsessed with Nirvana. And I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> you knew right I didn't even bring – I just uh, just mentioned one thing, and she knew exactly where I was going because they had a real – like they didn't have like a look of Nirvana, and I think they were like a five-piece even, but just the way they kind of played their minor chords, like a little off-tune because Kurt Cobain purposely like tuned his guitar like half a note down or something. I don't know musical terms. But I remember hearing that. Well, no, because you ever talked like a musical fucking like snob. And I remember like the one knock they'd do about Kirk Cobain. They'd be like, his guitar wasn't even in tune. I'm like, that shit was on purpose, though. The same way you credit a director for having an ending that was weird on purpose. You kind of get credit a guitarist. He did that. That's what gave them a different sound. And I remember hearing Kirk Cobain in an interview once being like, I have no desire to become a better technical guitarist. <laughs> and someone asked him why. And he's like, Technical, technically great guitarists to me are boring. They lack creativity because everything to them is by like this, this numbers of, oh, here's how I have to do this because that's what the, a book told me where he says his favorite songwriters and favorite guitarists are ones that will just be like, let's see if this works. Yeah, it does. Fuck it. I just made a new sound, you know? So I'm all about that too. That's cool. Yeah. Right. Which is who's why this, like who's this guy again? Kurt Cobain. Um, okay. I don't know what he's been up to lately. Yeah, I'll, I'll write it down. Is he on YouTube? Is he? Does he have a Twitter? Does he have a Twitch account? He's not on Twitch, but, but I'm glad you brought Twitch back into it because I'm not on Twitch. I've never watched. I've never watched anything even on Twitch. I think I, I do it. have a Twitch account when I when Twitch. I'm pretty good about when I first hear about a new app. At least the last four or five years, I will sign up to get my name. But I have I, seen I, you on Kick. I have seen you on Kick. I'm on Triller now. <laughs> I posted my first video to Triller. Triller, everyone is just like TikTok, but it's American, so oh, I might never not heard that. Bashed. Although it's dude, it's way it's like a shittier TikTok if you ask me. There, the app is is horrible. TikTok's app is great. I think that's why TikTok's popularity was doing so well because it scrolls real easily. Um, they, for the most part, show you what you want to see. I rarely see stuff where I'm like, oh, this isn't my political beliefs or this isn't what I believe in. Fuck you know it. what it is, Joe? You know what it is. That what? algorithm, baby. Yeah, king of the, al- king of the algorithm. He he but appreciates a good algorithm. They do, and that's why I like TikTok, man. All these other algorithms, they'll show you shit you don't want to see. Half my Twitter feed is tweets from people I don't follow, 
but someone I know liked the tweet. So therefore, mm-hmm. Twitter's like, come on. It's this guy stop. liked it. Why don't you like it? It's got to stop. I agree with you. I agree too, man. So um, uh, I have Twitch, and you can get on Triller if you want. But Twitch, how does one make money on Twitch? Is it like sponsorships? Oh, very good question. Twitch backslash Colt Cabana is my Twitch. Uh, so they have ads like in the beginning that you, everyone has to watch an ad. But the main one is people subscribe and then people throw you bits. Kind of like uh, Marty told me it was like Chatterbait where they throw you, um, you know, you get coins. I don't know if you know if you know that you know that was Marty DeRosa's reference. Everything's porn with Marty. <laughs> so you get tipped. So like, but that's like into the Twitch world. Like people love throwing bits, is what they call it, which is essentially tips. And then for me, I play uh, like Jackbox games on there. And then uh, if you you could if you want to play with me, you have to be a subscriber, and so that's how I get subscribers. And uh, it's really cool. I'm enjoying it, and it's like right. really, and everyone's really nice. It's a it's a good community, but and, I would rec- you, I would sorry, recommend but you could play whatever you could play whatever any game you want. Any, you could do shit. you could literally do whatever you want. You're just streaming okay. a channel. It's like YouTube streaming or whatever. But I've been you know I I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I've been watching like so, there's hope there should be a Chicago, um, someone who's putting together. I don't know if they're doing Zoom shows or whatever, but like there's a lot of stuff of like L.A. comedians all together in a room. And then obviously, like, that's what everyone wanted to see, but they can't anymore. So now they can see him on a room. It's the only way you can see him. So it's been really fun to kind of watch that. So, you know, maybe there's something with that with Chicago comedians or something that hasn't been done. OK, I'm definitely going to play with some stuff with that. Um, I'll begin more into um, trying to do like like. Dude, it's just so much with so many different social media things. I want each one to be a thing. What I what do I do with this platform? So with Twitter lately, I'm kind of I'm still tweeting funny things that pop in my head and you know, I'll share like a stand-up clip here or there. But sharing like clips just doesn't work as well on Twitter. That's why I like TikTok and I like YouTube. TikTok and YouTube are straight up video. So my stand-up will stand alone on there. People are like, oh, this guy's funny. I like him. Where again, Twitter's like, are you clever enough? Are you I'm too in the middle on a lot of my politics to really stand out on Twitter. I feel like you have to be one thing. You're a professional wrestler, so you could just tweet about wrestling all the time. Right. As a comedian, I it's vague. It's open. I could tweet about a million different things. I've found more success lately tweeting about my Cubs. Baseball's back. I'm a big baseball Cubs fan specifically. I started doing these like post game recaps, I which saw. I might I might pause this to do a real quick. It only takes me a minute. I do like, hey, what's up? You could be in the background of it. Um, I, I literally like a minute and a half. Anyhow, and they've been fun though. But what's amazing is that since I started, I, I started three day, two day. I've done two or three now. I can't remember two or three. And are you here? Are you hearing this shit right now? I hear something in the background. Is it your wife? Damn it. No, Siri. Siri. Did no. I say Siri? Um, anyway, um, she just started interrupting us, guys. But it's been like growing. I've got AKA maybe, your wife. Yeah, AKA my wife, Siri. I, I'd like to be married to Siri, just someone who gives you all the information. Now, is um, it Siri or Siri? Which one are we going with? Because you've bounced back and forth. Siri, I don't know. And that's why I'm saying it back and forth. You fucking dick. You're saying it just made it open back up again. Leave me hey, alone. Siri. Hey, Siri, what time is it? That's why I'm saying you forget. It just repeated everything you said. No, go away. Um, (laughs) uh, That'd be a fun way to fuck with someone. Just keep saying Alexa in their house or something. Shit, my Alexa's right over there. (laughs) All right, leave me alone. I got too many robots listening to me right now, everybody. Um, 
But no, I've been doing like Cubs recaps on there and I, and people are responding and I'm getting like, I've gotten like 50 new Twitter followers in the last like day. Oh, mazel um, tov, mazel tov. Thanks buddy. And yeah. it's, it's cool because I look on their profiles and be like, oh, you're a Cubs fan, you're a Cubs fan. You're... I just see the pictures and it's all the people wearing Cubs shit. So that's kind of now, cool in that regard. Now, Joe, did you once enter a, a contest, a sweepstakes at um, Sports Authority to win play catch with a cub and then win it and then you could have played catch with all the best cubs there's only five winners in the whole thing and there was like mark grace and sammy sosa and then you won scott service no that was not me was that oh, you oh, that, that, that was me that was me uh didn't know yeah i got scott service they called me up they're like uh you won this thing and i was like oh cool and they're like do you realize how big this was like there was x amount of thousands of people i was like oh crap and then they're like, you wanted to play with Scott Service. And I was like, oh, wonderful. Scott Service. He was a solid catcher for a couple <laughs> seasons there. Guy who would you about 240. I was 16 at the time, and everyone else who won was like eight. So like they were all like, oh, look at this like cute little person. And then it was just like grown ass, bare, bare, just hit puberty, Cole Cabana. I stopped growing Whipping at 16. Him. Whipping them at Scott Service. Yeah, man, you probably had some good zip. Yeah, hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I I think uh, I stopped growing at 16 also, to be honest. Yeah, not too many people. I, every now and then I'll hear about so many NBA players. That's why I discovered in that you know Last Dance documentary. That Pippen thing was crazy, right? Dude, he grew like five inches as a 19-year-old in, while in college. That's crazy. Jordan even grew like a couple inches, I think, in college. Um, yeah, who were the fuck? What were they? Did they just start? Did they discover vegetables for the first time when they were 19? I don't get it. Yeah, I wonder what I did wrong not to grow an extra three. I would have taken. I would have taken an extra three. It would have been nice. Uh, dude, I had a sloppy freshman year of high school. If I would have known what I know now, dude, in freshman year of high school, I smoked cigarettes. Like I hid it from family, but oh. yeah, I was like a smoker for a while. I'd always sneak cigarettes in the alley with like other kids who smoked. And there was a billiards hall on Milwaukee Avenue near my like where I grew up called Chris's Billiards, and um, it's where like they shot The Color of Money and The Hustler, those Paul Newman movies. And it was a huge, like 47 tables, massive pool hall. And so as kids, 15-year-olds, we could go in like the corner, play pool and chain smoke, and no one ever bothered us because we were like 100 yards from anyone else because all the pool leagues were like the front six tables when you walked into the place, and then there'd be people sprout the other pool tables. You think that does it? Is that real? Is that? I, I think smoking must, it must have something to do it because a lot of the full-on, I don't know too many guys who are like, I'm seven one. And I was smoked every day of my life. I don't yeah, know. I what are the other things like eating corned beef sandwiches every single day of your childhood? Because that would have done it for me. Dude, the Irish and the Jewish people, we love the corned beef, huh? <laughs> oh, um, oh, it's true. Yeah, I don't. I it could be something like. Well, how tall are your parents? A lot of it's genetic. You just people have to accept that it's genetic. Not the tallest. I'm I'm way taller than them. I was taller than my dad in high school. Now, see, that's where I get bummed out. My dad's taller than me. My dad's, uh, yeah. inch, my dad's a few inches taller than me. So. You're wasting talent, basically. Yeah. I mean, well, my yeah. mom's short. My mom's like 5'3", five 5'2", five or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like almost a foot taller than her. I'm 6'1". Um, yeah, I don't know. I always had this thing in my head that I was going to be 6'5". I used to write down fake baseball cards. Oof. When I was in sixth grade, I still wanted to be – that was my dream, to be a major league baseball player. And I would write – like I would do a fake baseball card on the back where I would do my imaginary stats – and I wanted to be a switch hitter who would hit 64 home runs, 32 from each side of the plate, which is insane. That would never happen. No one's even – even the best switch hitters aren't that even with their power, right? 
And um, and I would write down, I would write down 6'5", 225 was what the ideal weight and height was. Based off of and, who? Did you have someone that you liked? You know, Mark McGuire. Mm. Uh, I was a Sosa guy, but this was like 96. So it was a couple of years before Sosa-McGuire thing. Obviously, I chose Sosa in the Sosa-McGuire, um, you know, debate, I guess, or versus. And uh, McGuire, I had his rookie card, and he had 49 home runs as a rookie, and he Irish name, you know, big red hair. And I remember being like, that's the guy. And he was, as a rookie, was 6'5", 225, and looked like lean, and just kind of like had these like, short, he almost looked like, uh, his body was like the way Superman was drawn, you know? And like broad shoulders, and just like had that physique, where it's like, this guy's big, but he's not like like bodybuilder, freakish big. And then the roids came years later, and then he became like a like a white-looking gorilla. You know? Did you have a Conseco on your team, your buddy? Um, just, were you a solo bash brother? No, I no, actually, I was the weaker Bash brother. When I was in grade school, this dude, Ryan Flyshacker hit more mm. bombs than I did. Great name. I had a great name, right? I had a higher batting average and drove in more runs. But he um he had he had bombs. He was a big home run guy. So he might have been I consider myself McGuire, he might have been more the Conseco. But yeah, he was he was really good. He would hit balls ball so far when he was rounding second to go into third and they were still chasing, he was laughing. He would laugh on the way in, and I was always a little bit jealous of that. Did you have a Terry Steinbach by any chance? No. Um, although Flashecker was the catcher, I like how you're just going for this whole 89 Oakland A's uh, All right. team right there. Just pulling um, them out. Yeah, you are, dude. So you played football, though, man. Um, I was. And you played in worked. college. Do people I, know that about I was Cole a Division one A, Division one A college football player. And I was known as the worst Division One A college football player of all time. It's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. Bullshit. I'm very, Who I'm very that? proud of it. I measured it, and well, especially from my own team, I was definitely the worst on my team, and uh, I couldn't see how anybody else could be worse than me. So, I had a friend who played at Central Michigan University as well. Was a walk on, and he might have been worse than you. Western Michigan. Oh, I thought you were at Central. I'm sorry. I was at Western. I believe. I don't know. Yeah, Central's Division One. They were in the MAC too. But um, maybe, maybe. But uh, was he the most hated by all the coaches and the on the whole staff for no reason? Uh, no, I don't think so. Did any of their players just call him Jew Boy? No, they called you that. Oh, sure. Why wouldn't they? Damn. 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 But hey, Man. we're fighting through it. We're fighting through it, Joe. You want to go back in time and cancel them? Oh God, I'd love to do that. What, his name was Anthony something. I don't even remember his name. So even though you were played football, you struck me as the guy who probably hated football culture, though. Well, I mean, once I quit, I stopped watching all sports altogether, like out of protest for my hatred of all of it. Uh, what was football culture? I was kind of intrigued by the players who would take steroids on the football team because you would hear the rumors and like I. Like as a wrestling fan, like I was just like, oh, these are what the wrestlers do. I never wanted to take it, but I was kind of like, I couldn't believe they were taking steroids. I thought it was kind of cool and like crazy at the same time. I, I would, ne- I mean, you obviously never have taken roids. Um, they just seem too. Hey, too fuck seems- you! What do you mean, obviously? I mean, because you're ethical. <laughs> you're an ethical, <laughs> good dude. Oh, okay. Um. I don't know, man. It's just terrifying. I feel like shouldn't the shrinking of the balls been enough for people to be like, not worth it? Uh, no, because people sacrifice stuff. You know what gets me is I think um, I think it was the movie The Program. Remember that? Oh yeah, dude, that guy fucking headbutting yeah. um, car windows. And you see, like, hold on, 
Latimer. Latimer, Latimer yeah. spotted the starting, table. Starting defense, place at the table. Fucking That's right. Like that. I like that movie. That was Great. a good movie. Great movie. But I remember you like watch the like that and the running man you like watch the needles like going into them and like i have like a weird not needle phobia but it's just like i like picture like the steroids going like into you and infiltrating your body and it's just like it gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit no i'm not a needle guy either i pass out when i get shots when i go to the doctor i get a shot you pass pass out out? almost every time not like out, out but i get like real i need water right now like i always have to tell them i need when i do you know what's been killing me lately Twice in the last three months, I've had to get my blood pressure taken. When I, um, right around March, when stuff started shutting down, I had been, uh, I got real sick at the same time. So I thought I had coronavirus. And I'm not a hypochondriac, everybody. My, I got a really bad cough out of nowhere. And then my fever, I woke up with like 102 degree fever out of nowhere, like 102.5. So we went into like a great radio place. station. Not bad, right? They play mm-hmm. the hits, mm-hmm. always the hits. And Dick, Dick I, Biondi, right? I think I hope so. One of the best names in music, Dick Biondi. That's a great DJ name. But I went to a place, and it just turns out I had like influenza A. But they did the blood pressure, and then um, about a couple weeks ago, I got a, I had a dog bite. Um, not like vicious. It was my dog and my friend's dog got into. They fought. There was one bone that no one realized the bone was there, and they growled at each other before anyone knew anything. I had to like rip my dog off and. My dog won everybody because she's a badass alpha nice. female. You don't fuck with her, right? She pees with one leg up. She's total. She dominates. Um, but it cost me some money because she gave that dog fucking stitches, which we got into a thing about. Because in my brain, if whatever dog wins, that's who has to pay for the fucking loser dog's medical bills. Because if his dog won, would I then be, be like, hey, where's my fucking money? You know, I don't know. It just made me think about that a little bit. Because we, we don't know. Write it down. Write it I down. Should. We, we don't know who started the fight is what my point is. Anyhow, um, this would kill on TikTok uh, because there's I I'm in on TikTok for the dog content, a lot of great dog content. Now you're telling me dog content with stand up comedy content. It's meant to be. I got to mix them. I got to blend those mm-hmm. two worlds together. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to a place and because there was a little bit of a bite on my pinky, um, not from my dog. And it was fine. But you take antibiotics just to be safe. The doctor told me something interesting. Everybody, little little side for everyone. Fifty percent of dog bites um, and an infection, 90% of cat bites, you get an infection. 75% of human bites, you'll get an infection. So if someone bites like a good bite, mm. I'm not talking about like a three-year-old biting your hand as a joke, like a good penetrate, some you know blood coming out bite. So that's, that's something interesting. That's where the whole myth, and it is a myth, everyone, dogs' mouths aren't cleaner than humans' mouths. That myth comes from the statistics of the dog bite being more infectious than a human bite. Because human bites are more, you're more likely to get an infection, but dog mouths aren't cleaner. Someone floated that rumor a long time ago saying, I think that was just an excuse for white people to be making out with their dogs and people being like, that's not gross. Or no, it is gross. Or whatever, They love doing know? it. They love doing it. I'm allergic to cats, so I couldn't get bitten by a cat. Can't be around them, you know? Yeah, man. You got You see a cat coming your way. You got to. You gotta fucking yeah. punt that motherfucker. I I actually uh I, I don't have a primary physician. I probably should. I don't know if you me do either. or not. I have health insurance. And I still don't. I need one. Yep, oh, I'm sorry. Too. Not to cut you off. When I get blood pressure now, because it squeezes so tight on my arm, I get weird. I get like a little like yeah, queasy. You're weird, anyways. Yeah, but like weird. Like I don't. I feel like I'm gonna pass out. Mm. And I've told people this, and they go, "Dude, the blood pressure thing is just a thing." I think I got a weird like thing in my brain a fight or flight where when it squeezes the, the blood pressure thing it starts to squeeze the bicep 
I get to a point where I'm like, fucking stop it. And my, my, my bicep wants to like get bigger mm, back. Maybe you got weak biceps, bro. I know I do. You're training? Gotta... You training in the basement with these kids? I got a couple of 25 dumbbell, 25 pound dumbbells. I got to start right. just, what do you curl when you do dumbbells? What do you curl? Uh, I'll end with uh 45s or 50s usually. You want to hear something insane? Go on. Former Cubs pitcher Ryan Dempster, who I know you know who he is. Mm-hmm. He he was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now. Uh, I mentioned how Andre Dawson was my favorite player growing up. Dempster was a rookie like in 99, 2000 with the Marlins. Dawson was a special assistant, so he was probably like close to mid 40s. They would he would see Andre Dawson in the weight room. He was curling 60s as Legend. his warm up. As his warm up. As his fucking warm up. Holy shit! And now and he's now he's at the he's, he's he's at the morgue now. Yeah, Andre Dawson, everybody, Hall of Fame baseball player, runs a freaking like uh like a funeral home. And there was a picture of him wearing a mask. Be like, wear your mask, everybody, next to a coffin. And I wanted to be like, or he'll put you in that fucking coffin. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think he said that because he's a sweetheart. Joe, tell me what you think. So I have health insurance. I don't have a primary doctor. I was recommended this doctor downtown in the loop. And first of all, I said to myself, well, do they validate? Um, And they were like, no. So that was a big no, but I was like, I was willing to do it. They said, you have to go get checked for COVID before you come. And I said, you're going to make me go see a doctor to go see a doctor? And they're like, yes. And then I was like, you know what? Not interested. Pulled out. I understand that with what's going on right now. I think if it was a regular situation, they wouldn't do that to you. They're um, the doctor, Joe. Yeah, dude, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know why it would. Wouldn't you? Why? Why wouldn't the doctor you go see check you? Thank you. Those, but you and know, I, those get, pro- I get checked every other week when I go to, to wrestle for AEW. And then yeah, I quarantine. I, I ain't moving this, leaving this house. Well, yeah, I mean, you got too much at stake. So, do you fly out every Wednesday? Uh, every other Tuesday, I fly out. Oh, that's right. Every other Tuesday, and then we tape. Uh, we we tape live on Wednesday. We'll tape one on Tuesday on Thursday. I'll fly home Friday, and that Thursday one will will tape next week. So like the show that's gonna air whenever this is, but like whatever, and tomorrow or the next two days or whatever. This was, podcast we, will be out Wednesday morning, so everyone tonight. Yeah, tonight I have Hulk. a big match, but that match got taped last Thursday. All right, cool, cool. Um, I do want to ask you some questions about what it's like to wrestle with no crowd. Uh, but l- let me ask you this. Have you been, um, I, with the doctor thing, just to wrap up that one, with the whole doctor situation, um, yeah, I, I think maybe it's the idea of, like, when you go to a primary, you're going to, like, a doctor's office. So they're probably like, let's make sure this guy's clean before he shows up here. But, yeah, the fact that you get tested for AEW, yeah, I don't know. I got to get a, a primary one myself. Man. I'm so uh, lazy, Joe. I don't want to go see any. Like, I'm barely, I barely, like, committed to go see this doctor who i'm going to pay for the parking downtown and now you know now they're shipping me somewhere else i couldn't take it dude that's amazing um i do want to ask you about some wrestling stuff um especially like with travel could we tour do a two-minute pause you got to do your twitter stuff real quickly dude do you mind oh fine if, if you don't we don't have to of course you could because i can do whatever do you want delay. joe I, I don't, but it feels weird. We're pausing in three, two. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a podcast. Does he not know? I got. Hey, Joe. Hey, what's up? Good, uh, good. I'm back, everybody. I'm back. I'm so sorry, Colt. 
Um, I had to do the little Cubs recap because it's been what doing a so business, well. man. What a business. I'm obviously going to cut this. So it's, I'm glad we're not live on anything. Um, I'm obviously going to cut this so no one else will see this. Oh, look who's facing the camera now. You look good. Oh, now you're turning your. Okay. You're going to be a little pouty. you be a little pouty with me. All right. I see what you're doing there, Colt. I see what you're doing. All right, buddy. Dude, let's talk about this, man. I, I know you've been traveling with wrestling and you're big in Japan. And I love that you go there. That's really cool. So before I ask you about Japanese wrestling crowds versus American wrestling crowds, what's it been like traveling during COVID? Well, I don't know. First of all, I've been going to Japan for the past 15 years, 16 years, and they would, the Japanese would wear the face mask. And I remember being like, I would never be caught dead wearing that fucking face mask. Like it was just the idea of it to me was so stupid. And I remember once trying it on and being like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'd never wear one of these things. And it's so crazy how quickly our mind shifts. I mean, never did anyone think that this would be a thing. So obviously like it's now, I assume that's what happened over there. It's like, it's now part of the culture the same way it is over there. Um, they're but, better at thinking of others over there. <laughs> but, dude, I was like you, man. I Whenever I'd see someone wearing one of those face masks every now and then, because I worked, I used to work downtown when I was like in high school and, you know, living in Chicago, you, you see people of all walks of life. But usually Asian people you'd see wearing the face mask. I never wanted to wear one because I'd always think of Michael Jackson. He always wore one. Mm-hmm. It just made me get weird vibes. Even though I love MJ's music, it just gave me weird vibes. You know? I thought I was too pretty. You don't want to cover this thing up. Dude, you I know? have a cleft chin, for God's oh. sakes. Oh, so maybe you do want to wear them all times. No, uh, no, uh, like a, a chin butt. People people like this. That's good? I didn't know until not that long ago, but I've been told it is very good. Really? Yeah. Jesse yeah, the Body good. Ventura had one, and he used to have like a little chin earring he would put in there. Do you remember that? I do. Well, you should get one of those. Maybe I will. I always thought it was weird, and I honestly didn't know you had one until now, and I'll never stop looking at it. And see, it's like you can't see well that well on camera, but when I push it in a little bit more, it's you can definitely good. see it well look on at, camera. Look at a lot of the, you know, I th- I've had women tell me, "Hey, that's a nice look. I got the blue eyes, the cleft chin. You know, I don't want to take too much away from the face, but very pasty, man." If I, lifted up this sh- if I lifted up this shirt, please blind. don't, please don't. But anyway, so you've been going to Japan forever, and have you been on a plane during COVID? And people have been like, eh. "So yeah, so." I mean, let's, what would you say, March 6th, it all kind of went down? I think March 12th, but it doesn't matter. Go ahead. March 12th. I mean, yeah, I think March 8th or 9th, the day that the, it was announced, the NBA guys, I was in Utah, and that was the last show I did, and we flew home. And then I think a week later, you know, I flew to Atlanta to tape four episodes of television, like, at the heart of it. And so I was in O'Hare when there was seven people at the airport. It was so crazy. There was maybe four people on my flight, um, and it's been scary. And I and I remember th- I was going to drive to Atlanta to do it, but I just thought to myself, I'm going to Jewel Osco, and people are there. There's going to be nobody in O'Hare, and there wasn't, and there's going to be nobody on my flight, which there wasn't. So I recognized that if I drove and I stopped at a gas station, that'd be more people than I think going to the airport. Probably. Um, so that's kind of how I justified it. And then there was only once, and this is something I regret is because I, I've been going to the gym recently. My Planet Fitness has opened and I've been getting in fights with every single person there, including most of the 
the staff because everyone's wearing their mask either around their chin or around their mouth and not, you know, and over their nose. And I just can't, I have to work out for my, my job. And if their rules are, you have, have it on, you have it on. But this one guy behind me on a United flight didn't wear his mask. And I went up to the pilot and the, the steward, the, the flight attendant. I said, does he not have to wear it? And they're like, Oh, he definitely does. And then they went to him and said, excuse me, do you have your mask? He goes, Oh, I'm not wearing that. And they said, Oh, okay. And they did nothing. And I just, I, I remember being like, I should have said something. I should have made a stronger case. And I just like ignored it. And he was talking, he was blabbing his mouth the whole fucking time. Like they all do. And so particles were flying, you know, I'm sure of it. Um, But I didn't take a stand and it just shows like, what would I do in the, you know, would I have fought Hitler? Obviously not. Right. I mean, I think (laughs) as a Jewish, as a Jewish pro wrestler, not wearing a mask versus marching into Poland, kind of different, kind of, but I hear what you're saying, dude. I don't understand this shit at all. This idea of like, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. It's against my rights as an American. Like, motherfucker, you got to wear shoes. You got to right. wear a shirt. Right. Throw the mask onto that stuff. I don't, we would be past this shit. So if we had like, I don't really, I try to like keep the pub more like, you know, the podcast, the pub. As Sorry. I, call it. I try to keep it more chill. Sorry, like, I, I got, No, it's all right. I got a little political in the last episode, but I'm fine with doing it. These are tough times. If we had a real fucking leader in this country at any level or any party, there's no leadership fucking anywhere, really. If we had any kind of leader, they would say, hey, listen, you're not going to get football, Alabama. You're not going to get your goddamn football if you don't start wearing fucking masks. You're not going to get this. You want all these freedoms? You want all, you want life to get back to normal? Hey, Try, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop producing your Confederate flags if you stop wearing your masks. Yeah. Then, then I mean, they'd be quick to wear them. What they should wear, I mean, fuck the Confederate flag, it's a loser flag. Sorry, Southern listeners, if you still cling to that bullshit, you lost. Anyway, you got plenty of other Southern pride. Just have a big fucking piece of have a baby back ribs on your mask. But they could do Confederate masks. As long as they're wearing a mask, I mean, I still don't like the symbol, but you're, they're covering up at least. Right. It's, the, it's something to sell people. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be a hot hey, seller down there. Yeah, buddy. We, we got to pause again. I cannot believe this. Your Roomba is on. No, I'm at four percent battery on my computer. I thought I charged the motherfucker up. Bush League. Give me thirty seconds. I'm gonna run and grab the charge. I'll be right back. All right. And then and then we'll we'll wrap up. I don't want to keep you for too long. We've been going. We've been podcasting for like a good hour or so. I'm so sorry, man, dude. You're like my biggest guest I've had, and I feel like I'm after, fucking it up by after being... Ryan Dempster. Go on. True. All right. <laughs> this motherfucker, this motherfucker can't even charge a fucking computer. It's like you're home all day doing absolutely motherfucking zero, cranking it, waiting for these kids to nap, which they do constantly. Mom's working, and here you are. Can't bo- can't be bothered to charge a computer. Should be ashamed of himself. Really, should. you know what he's doing? He's doing a Cubs recap on uh, on Instagram Live right now. That's what he's doing. You you know he's doing that. He's just he had to use the excuse of battery, but he had to do a quick. Yelp. He's yelping the Cubs game right now. He thinks that's his next big break. Look at this fucking idiot. Look at this. Buddy, I'm not wearing, I never have the microphone before. We had to do a little quick pause. The computer juice was getting a little low. He thought, he thought that the, the microphone looked too much like a mask. And he's like, get this out of my face. I don't have to see. Now he feels bad about it. Classic. Keep it here. Pretend. 
You probably should. I'm talking into a microphone. Yeah, you probably should. Why not? Looks more professional. Yeah. For when I cut this into clips, right, Cole? You got to take the macro and turn into micro content. I don't know why I'm doing all this weird hand shit. King of the algorithm, this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Well, what are your nicknames besides Cole Cabana? You got any Boom, cool boom. Nicknames? You call me Boom, boom. I like Boom, boom. That's pretty yeah. nice, man. Uh, wrestling's most Jewish wrestler. <laughs> more Jewish than Goldberg? Uh, I'm more Jewy. I love Goldberg. I always love Goldberg's entrance, man. I was a fucking Goldberg. I know Goldberg is not technically a good wrestler. I know he hurt a lot of other wrestlers. Yeah, by but being... he was an ass kicker. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I used to, me and Marty DeRosa, a mutual friend of ours, everyone listening to the podcast, check out Marty's stuff. He's got a great podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, which I'm a big fan of. And he's been on this one. He's hilarious. But him and I, he would always give me shit because I would be like, oh, dude, come on, man. Dean Malenko's boring. And he'd be like, mm. dude, that guy's an amazingly technical, like, wrestler. I'm like, yeah, fine. But I like the guys that looked, like, cool. Give me give me a Kevin Nash who's, who could step over the fucking top rope. You know what you Malenko like? Malenko could change you... the fucking car battery on my car. That's what he looked like to me. You like athletes. You know, Goldberg was on my podcast, and he goes, I wanted to be a football player in a wrestling ring. And that's probably, like, you like the football player in him. Kevin Nash played basketball at University of Tennessee. You liked him. I bet you liked um, Steve Mongo McMichael when he wrestled. I'm sure of it. Right? Yeah, dude. I know. I mean. One of the worst wrestlers of all time. I believe that. I didn't love Mongo. He was a bad talker. I did did a show with him. There was a 25-year anniversary of, like, Chicago Sports Radio. They were celebrating like 25 years since like Chicago sports radio became a thing, I, I suppose. And it was at the Chicago theater. So I was like pumped up. Right. Uh, Michael Wilbon was there who I, I now I respect what he does, but now I'm not the biggest fan. What about Jiggets and North? Are they there? Uh, Jiggets and North Warren. Dan McNeil was there. Um, a few other people were there. I presented a war- about uh, Murph? award. Murph there. I don't think Murph was there. Murph, yeah. I always liked Murph though. Murph had a really cool like sh- uh, show intro. It was like, "He's Mike Murphy. He's the man with the plan on oh, the yeah. score." Dun, dun, dun. Like I don't know, I liked it. Um, typical like Chicago sports radio shit though. And um, and Mongo McMichael was there, and he was in the crowd, and I like made like a joke, but not even about him. Like it was just a joke, the reference towards something. It wasn't like an attack or anything. And um, I said something like, you know, if my dad knew I was, uh, you know, making fun of an 85 bear, he'd kill me. He's like, your dad would be right. And then he tried to, like, heckling me after that. And then I kind of put him in his place a little bit while at the same time making it so he would shut up. Yeah. Because that's the thing with hecklers. Like, you could burn them, but you want to burn them in a way where they go, all right, I need to tap out. I am no longer going to be, this is not an even playing field. He's going to bury me. But also, this is a, you know, Michael McMichael's the type of guy to be like, all right, well, I'm coming up on stage, son. Well, you're my second stand-up comedian friend who had to deal with a Chicago uh, sports star heckler. Uh, so if you go look at John Hastings, who actually was on America's Got Talent this year. Oh, Canadian. I've, I've met him years ago. I did a show in Toronto, I believe, with him. Is that right? Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Loves wrestling. We do, uh, nice we do, dude. We do a Scotland show together. He got heckled by Dennis Rodman, and he has it. He, made a, he only has the audio, so he made the, a cartoon of it, and it's on YouTube. I highly recommend it. Dennis That's... Rodman gets on onto the stage, comes onto the stage. Holy shit. Yeah. And he, and there's, he kinda, is there a video of it though on YouTube? There's a video of the audio with a cartoon, okay. like an animation. Oh, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. That's, that's the way you got to do that right. sort of thing. Um, 
But yeah, man, Michael McMichael was I did I never was I wasn't the biggest Michael McMichael man because he was part of like the bad version of the Four Horsemen. True. So along along with it, the murderer. Yeah, dude. You know what's funny though? And the car mechanic. Yeah, uh, Malenko, Benoit, uh, Arn Anderson, and Michael McMichael. This is just a bad crew. Uh, I. You asked me recently some of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Before he was a murderer, Benoit was in my top ten. I love Benoit. Because even though he wasn't the most charismatic guy, his fights, dude. I remember there was like a... No, it wasn't Starcade. It was... Um, Maybe Clash shit. of the Champions? No, it was kind of... I, I would remember it was Clash of the Champions. It was um, whatever pay-per-view WCW used to do like in April or May. Maybe Spring Stampede or something like that. Or Stargate. Not Stargate. I can't remember. But um, it was Chris Benoit versus DDP. And it was back when DDP would wrap up his fucking ribs and shit like that. And he did these rolling German suplexes, like three in a row. And it was like a, it was an amazing, like 21 minute match for, I want to say like the USA title or something. And um, it was badass. And I remember just always being a huge Benoit fan from that point. And then it was cool that when he went over to the uh, WWE, WWE was actually doing a way better job of, you know, giving him that bump that WCW failed with. Because I feel like, he was just always like a middling guy in WCW. Uh, I thought you were going to say it was cool when he went to WWE. He then killed his son and wife, which was not cool at all. No, that was not, not cool, cool at all. Don't was put like, that shit out there. I, I was like, saying. why are you saying that? Not cool. No, I think that was the birth of bad memes, too. Chris Benoit's murder-suicide pack with him. What it was, was he just mentally messed up? Or it was a combination of roids and all sorts of other drugs? I think, yeah, I think roids, drugs, brain scrambled from wrestling, and then also, like, a touch of Canadian there, a little weird, too. And um, Usually in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, but they're still weird. And, um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, you you know, that you talked to the doctors, the CTE was, like, out of control. His brain was just gone. But But... I think that was from overall wrestling. I don't think everyone made it seem like that diving headbutt was the main culprit. No, yeah, just years and years of abuse, but also I think abuse of like alcohol abuse and drugs and steroids, like all of it just like manufactured into his brain and then tore it apart. What do Not you that think? I'm a doctor of any sorts. I don't know. No, but I, I trust your input in that all everything you're saying makes complete sense. And sadly, in both of our professions, there's just... People just turn to these substances mm. to fill whatever void. And um, and I know with comedy, you hear a lot about these like road dogs and guys who are just on the road for so long. They, you know, you're doing sold out shows. Everyone loves you. And then two hours later, your brain's still up and going. And everyone who's at the show who's cheering for you, they've gone off and gone to bed. So people are like, how do I sustain that high? And do you think that's the same in the world of professional wrestling? Yeah, it might be. I understand that people think that, but I've had that a million times where like, I'm not thousands of people, but yeah, sometimes a couple thousand where like, but I was, you know, I, before this, I was doing it so often where I was just thought it was fun to like, be like, Oh, that's cool. I did that. And now I'm in my room. I enjoyed sitting in my room doing nothing. <laughs> um, but I, you know, me, I don't, I don't, I've never drank. I don't do drugs. I don't like, I'm also like, not a, I don't know. I like, I like the art of it where it's like I'm doing the art and I'm making that happen. And then I know my art is done. Like that's the painting. I, I, that's the picture I painted and like, I'm not going to repaint it. Like it's done for the night. I'll paint one tomorrow. Totally. But not, I, I not a lot of people are like me though. So yeah. Do you, you gotta be real grateful that you don't have that, um, that sense of like, well, 
I almost knocked my whole computer down. That whole sense of like, I need, I need, I need. And when, when, you know, the lights are off, um, you get that loneliness. I feel like a lot of like entertainers get. And, uh, so let me ask you this. So you don't drink, you don't do drugs. You never have. Mm -mm. I didn't know if there was ever like, Oh, I did in college. And then I got out of control. And I had to stop. You just never did. Mm -mm. And you have always been like one track professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me ask you this. I've come across this recently. It's, it's made its way into this podcast a couple of times. Are you like a law of attraction type of guy? What does that mean? Okay. Well, you, you very, you, the answer could still be yes, but you maybe don't subscribe to the actual terminology. Um, the law of attraction is basically a lot of people think it's like the secret. The secret is based off of the law of attraction, but the secret, that whole documentary, I didn't read the book, but I remember watching some of the documentary being like, this is just complete insane bullshit. It's basically Secret's like, dumb as fuck. I know that. Yeah. The secret, oh, if I think of a new bike, I'll get a new bike. No, that's not how the world works. But the law of attraction is separate in the fact that if you, if it's all you're focused on, you could attract, you could, you could achieve your goals and your dreams. It's like a mindset of only focus on what, only focus on what you can control. Um, almost kind of have like tunnel vision towards your goals, write your goals down. Um, they always, so here's people... my answer to that Joe. Yes, but not because law of attraction. Yes, because you're focused on doing it. That means you're doing the hard work, you're putting in the hours and then every single other person is not doing it as hardcore as you are. And that's why you're succeeding because you're putting in the work and you're getting, and you're becoming like Maslow, you're becoming your 10,000 hours and you're becoming great at something. And, and that's how uh, greats become greats because they're more skilled at it. And they're prepared for when the opportunity comes as opposed to somebody else who's not. So yes, put your efforts into it, but it's not because a greater power is making you great. It's because you're making yourself great. No, but I mean, but everything you just said is the law of attraction, though. I don't think it's even a greater. The secret goes into that greater power bullshit. I just came across law of attraction stuff from reading, not reading. I came across it with athletes and it was like a Conor McGregor hype video like a year, a couple years ago. And then um, I came across like Jim Carrey giving a speech and then like all these like not just successful actors and um, athletes, just other people. And the, the concept, not because the people here and it does sound like voodoo. But the concept makes the most, it's a mindset. It's a complete mindset. And you could change your mindset to become successful in the sense that, have you ever walked into a party thinking this party's going to suck? Well, yeah, it's definitely going to suck because you put that in your mind that it's going to suck. The people I see, you wake up on a Monday morning going, I hate Mondays. Everyone I know who says they hate Mondays usually has a shitty disposition in life in general. If you wake up in the morning thinking today's going to suck, it's probably going to suck. But if you wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to have myself a kick-ass day. I'm going to fucking dominate. I'm going to get everything done I want to get done, and I'm going to have a lot of fun. I think that doesn't mean you're going to have a lot of fun. Bad shit could still happen. You could stub your toe when everything goes to shit. But I still think you're in a better position to accomplish what you want to accomplish than the person who wakes up going, fucking, this bleh. you know what I mean? Those people. Yeah, but if you're going, bleh, bleh, but you still do all the work, You'll, you'll be in the same position, I think. Probably, but how do you feel after you do the work? Probably good, right? Don't you feel better? Uh, yeah, I, guess. I know. I I know. I've not want. I know. I've had open mics where I'm like, I don't want to go to this open mic, but I go anyway. Right. And I'm so much happier than I did. 
So I'm still like, I'd still, you know, the, the make the decision to do it, it still has to be there. That's the thing. Like, like the secret is like, I want all this to happen, but you don't do anything about it. Or the law of attraction is I want all these things to happen. And you set a course and you make a plan. It I, still sounds like voodoo. I get it. I don't want my Joe Kilgallen to be deep. I'll be honest. All right. Well, you Not know, interested. something had to Not interested. see. See, that's what that's one of my jokes too. Everybody wants you to stay a psycho. Nobody really <laughs> wants to get help. Everybody wants you to stay the guy who's gonna yeah. headbutt someone at a bar. You you go get help on your own dime. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring it to this. <laughs> All right, I, you don't have to hear it. I was just curious. Yeah, I, that's not you. Don't 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 change gimmicks on me. All right. <laughs> All right, I'll stay the Joe Kilgallen you know. Thank you. All right. Much. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, I I was talking to Marty DeRosa earlier. He says that early days of chat room, like AOL, Instant Messenger, you know, independent wrestling, pro wrestling days, you got into quite a pickle where, okay, you're looking at me like you might not know where Marty was going with this. No, I mean, yeah, I used, I used to be on. Oh, what's going on? I lost your sound. Hello? Oh, there you are. Hello? Siri, fucking Siri popped up again. Unreal. Right, let, me, let, me re, let me redo that. DeRosa, Marty DeRosa, a good friend of ours, was talking about how early days of like AOL Instant Messenger, chat rooms and all that stuff in the world of wrestling, you got yourself into a little bit of a... Ugh. Yeah, well, were you in? Were you on AIM chat rooms? I was, and I have a great name that is wrestling influenced. My AOL Instant Messenger name was JK692Sweet. <laughs> very nice, very nice. It's very sweet. Well, mine was DillC34, and... Um, why? Uh, 34 is for Kirby Puckett, my hero. Hell yeah. And uh, I think, and uh, yeah, uh, the one eye at least, right? And then I think yeah. uh, Dill had something to do with Beavis and Butthead at the time. It was very, Dill Hole was very popular. Oh, hell yeah. Pee yeah. for my bunghole. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so I would go in and I would challenge grown men to trivia, to wrestling trivia questions instead of trying to get laid. And I was very good. Uh, I was probably uh, 15 or 16 years old at the time. And um, this guy, he he um, he swooped into my AIMs, you know, uh, which isn't really a term. But uh, he said, hey, I see that it says in your in your profile that you like wrestling. I like wrestling, um, you know, like uh, it's pretty cool. And then I looked at his profile and it said he was into pro wrestling and bodybuilders and Greco-Roman wrestling and uh and you know oil wrestling and also he was in his late 40s uh and then he continued to say like would you want to come over and wrestle i'm kind of out of touch i'd like to get it back into wrestling i had some mats in my basement um you know it's, it'd be pretty cool and i remember you know i said to myself like like fuck yeah you know you don't just get to the wwe uh by not practicing like this is the practice he was gonna like get me there you know uh, you got to shoot hoops if you want to get to the, the nba you got to wrestle and so i was about to go over to his uh house and um uh, I was 15 or 16 <laughs> at this time now first joe i I'm said sorry this is like what, what are you taking candy out of someone's van come on man now first like, joe right. i i said to myself well i'm not that dumb and i said we should probably meet up somewhere so i know you're legit and then that's when I asked him for pizza at Barnaby's and I essentially asked somebody on my first date, you know, I was pretty excited. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so as I was about to go meet him for pizza at Barnaby's in Northbrook, um, my mom stopped me 
and uh she's like where are you going and i was like gonna go meet uh george and she's like how do you know george and i said uh, the internet and then um uh i you know she, she luckily she put a, a stop to me and i never met him but i was very close and i always say like best case scenario you know i uh i make a a friend and mentor for life and uh you know even better case scenario you know i beat the shit of a, a pedophile uh, cause I was six foot, 225 pounds when I was 16 years old. And, uh, I would have, I would have beat the living shit on him. 225 of romp and stomp and dynamite. What's that's up, dude, right. right? Dude, you know, I didn't, that's a good way to spin it. You either meet a lifelong friend or you beat the fuck out of a pedophile pretty good because I don't think anyone's getting to 6'2", 225, 16 year old Cole Cabana, but damn dude, that's, you've got a good mother. You've got a very good mother yeah. watching out for you. It made sense, but I knew not to go. Like I knew I wanted to wrestle with him, but I just knew like, I got to see if you're on the level. So, you know, I thought asking him out for pizza was the best move. So in high school, I mean, we already established you were a high school athlete, you know, playing football. That was your main focus led to playing college football. Did you do backyard wrestling? Yeah. I just, you know, I just found some VHS tapes during the quarantine. I've been transferring VHS to MP4s. I bought a converter and my mom gave me an old V uh, an old VCR she had. So if you, uh, if anyone needs anything, you know, I charge by the hour, happy to do it for you. And I, uh, I need one. I found my old dude. I had like, it was a JV, JVC camcorder with like a mini tape. Mm-hmm. You have to put the mini tape into a big tape yeah. to put it into the VCR. I found one. I'm dying to know what's on it. Send it I over. Think, I think I'm going to have to come on over and see if we can't convert that. Send it that'll over. Lot, that'll be some good content for uh, the YouTube. and Throw the, it on and Patreon. The, and the Patreon and all that stuff. Cause I was, I had two characters. I was serial killer. Oh, this is wrestling. You think this is wrestling? I wrestled. Oh, no, nice. it's wrestling. I wrestled. Oh, great. I did backyard wrestling. You know, I don't know if you know that about me, but I was a, I was a badass dude. We wrestled pretty hardcore, man. I luckily I didn't break my neck on a few moves. I let a, a friend of mine do uh, the Outsider's Edge or the Razor's Edge, mm. uh, old Scott Hall finisher, and yeah. it, it was we had a wooden board on two chairs, and I just bounced the board and break. And I remember having like, it looked like I got, it looked like. Um, the back of Jesus is back in the movie Jesus Christ Superstar, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was I was mangled up pretty good, and I was serial killer because again this was the Puff Daddy days, it was, it was, you know two thousand one two, and uh, my other character was Joe Berg, because like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've heard that Joe one Berg. before, heard that one. Yeah, before. I think I've told you or Marty might have told you I was a. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah, it. Man. Yeah, I, mask. I had a serial killer had a mask. What kind of mask? A, a winter hat. It was. <laughs> It was a fucking cheap Walgreens Halloween mask that was all black, like sheath, sheath. What am I the word I'm looking for? Like a nylon, but you could see through it, and then like red around, like the, like a silhouette of red around it. So it was like a rip-off scream mask, but not no, not bad. Cool this scream mask. The one I just, the one I just converted had. I I'm jumping off my roof onto uh, onto two mattresses I bought. It's a pretty far jump. It's probably a 25 foot jump. I'm pretty excited about it. It's pretty good. I gave my one friend, my friend Michael Pecco, who's been on the podcast, everyone, look at old episodes. I gave him like six stitches across the eye, which was a total accident. I went to, it was like an old milk crate, and I went to like do it like fake, but it, uh, no, I went to hit someone else, and it bounced. My one friend had like a pad on, like a rib pad that you'd wear like for football underneath his shirt, and it bounced off that and like hit, hit the corner, hit him in the eyebrow just right. Mm. And he was a lot of blood, but he was such a pro. That when I, we were filming, I whispered to him, are you all right? Like, you know, I was pretending to, like, hit him on the ground. And he's like, no, dude, no, I'm not. But uh, 
throw me through that thing and end this match. <laughs> and we had like a wooden board up against a tree in my one friend's backyard. My friend Michael Martinez's backyard. And I'm only mentioning his backyard specifically. Anyone who's ever seen the movie While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock, when she goes to a party, it's that house. They shot hey. in Chicago. Very they nice. used his house. His stepdad's in the background behind Morgan Freeman on one of the shots. How did, so, did anyhow, he get paid well for that? I think they pay you pretty good to take your house because they put him up in a hotel for a couple weeks. Nice. And on top of that, yeah, they just chose it because it was off of an alley. It was a typical Chicago bungalow, but it was like on the corner. So it was real easy for them to shoot. And then there was like an empty parking lot next to it where they could probably put like all their craft service and all their camera gear and all that. Anyway, um, threw him right through the wooden board that was up against the tree. So he cracked the board so it looked real badass. And then I went and pinned him. And then he went home and had to go to the hospital. His mom was pissed. Now, did you have to are. pay that, kind of like the dog situation? No, no, they didn't. They, this was there were better times right. in the early 2000s. <laughs> they weren't slapping bills on people back then. All right, Anyhow, good. though. Um, all right, well, let me, uh, while, while I got you here, I got a couple, two more things. Okay. And I want to, are you down to wrap up with a game of Fuck, Mary Kill? Sure. I've been doing a new thing to end the podcast where I play Fuck, Mary Kill. And um, I have a, I found, I cleaned out my house recently, so I got a whole bunch of DVDs that I just, you know, I threw in a big bin. So I got the bin next to me. I reach in. You want me to fuck a DVD? I would love you to put your, your pee hole in in the the hole of the DVD, if you can. But you you seem like you have more girth than necessary to to, to fuck a DVD. Thank Come you. Come on, Thank Holt. You. you know that's not what I want. Get your head out of the goddamn gutter. So. I uh, I take the DVD and based on who like the star of that's the choices. So I'll take three DVDs and those okay. are who your 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 F Mary kills are. But before that, I you made fun of my Iron Man or not made fun of, but you you reference I was Iron Man back there. I got some Avengers. Are you a Avengers guy? Nope, I don't care about comic books at I don't all. Care about comics so, at all. So much that my friend took me to see Affinity War. Is that the latest big one with everybody in it? And Infinity War and that Endgame was the next one. Maybe I saw That's one of that. Two-parter. He took me to see it the night before it debuted, like a midnight screening, and everyone was going crazy. Now, I have only seen, I think I saw Ant-Man and some of the Thors. Not the yeah. Thors. I didn't like the Thors. Uh, some of the Iron Mans. That's about it. And like, I felt like a, like a non-wrestling fan at a wrestling show because everyone knew all these references, and I didn't get one fucking thing. Uh, I was real out of place. Dude, I got I caught up to it late. So I got Disney Plus like back when that came out like in November, December, and they had most of the movies on there. So I I'd seen a couple in the theater like Avengers 1 and 2 and like the first couple Iron Mans. So I caught up and then I got to see Endgame, which was like the final one of the Infinity Saga, and I'm like I fucking I'm obsessed. I love it all nah, now. Nah. Dude, fun thing to watch. This is more for the listeners not you. Okay. Go on YouTube, which if you're already watching this on Watch endgame reaction shots. They have like people film the reactions from people live in a theater, and it's like a sporting event. It's like wrestling. People go insane, and it almost makes me wish I would have been in the theater watching with all those people. Ooh, I, anyway. I was. I was. And you didn't know what the fuck was going on. No clue. Okay. Well, so you're not into comic books or in any of those movies. What is like your go-to besides wrestling? What is like the thing that like let's get to know Colcabana? The people Colcabana fans are probably thinking, what's Colcabana do to unwind from the world of wrestling? Oh, well, you know this answer. Stand-up comedy shows. I like comedy. Are you are you like a big comedy movie guy too? Yeah, but none of them are really that good anymore. I feel the last good one, and I've been I've been hyping this to people recently. Game night. Did you see Game Night? I saw Game Night. Yeah, Game just because your buddy's good. in it. 
Is Hannibal in that one? Oh, that was Tag. Uh, sorry. That was Tag. Tag yeah. was weird. Yeah. Tag was the first half of Tag I loved, and the second half, you're like, what the fuck? Why is it getting weird and serious now? Game Night, what? I don't remember it being the. It was okay. Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Knives Out. I mean, these are half comedy, half not, you know, like, um, I don't know. You're, I just watched uh, the Andy Samberg one last night. Uh, the new one? What's in Palm Springs or Palm something? Palm Springs. Yeah. Horrible. Not the right name for the movie, but uh, yeah. it was fun. Fun. All right, cool. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, why All not? Right, nice. Free on Hulu. Free on Hulu. Sweet. Okay. You down for some uh, fuck me? All right. Well, actually, two more questions. I forgot. I do these questions now with people. Sorry, everyone. Okay. Um, if there is a historical person dead, famous person, not like historic. I mean, it could be George Washington. I don't know. But like famous person, I should say. I shouldn't say historical. A dead famous person that you would like to go, you know, party with. Obviously, you're not a drinker or a drug guy. But like go out on the town and, you know. I, I have my answer. Great time with. Well, who's your answer? I'm going to say Farley. Dude, you're right? the second person I've had on the podcast say Farley. Yeah. Do you know who the other one was? Ryan uh, Dempster said Chris Farley. There you go. The the athletes. We 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 want that life. I think he's the epitome of like good time, fun loving, happy go lucky, not trying to like pick up chicks, although he probably was, but like you know, I'm more about like having a good time than like trying to score all the women, uh, which a lot of party boys, that's what they seem to do. Uh, so I think that's, I think that would be the right answer. Good one. All right. If you could be in any band, what band would you like to be in? If you well, could be like I, a member of any band. I know, but I don't really like music. I mean, I like music, but I'm not a musician, like a music head. Gotcha. So the first person that came to my, my mind was Weird Al Yankovic. You'd be Weird Al. See? No, I, like I wouldn't. Him. I wouldn't you be wouldn't Weird be him. Al. You'd be in the band. I'd like to be like with him on stage. You gotta be the bassist. I could just see you doing like fucking funny. Bass I'm doing stuff. poke. I'm doing uh, the accordion. I think. All right, I like that one. That's pretty Thank good, you. man. All right, favorite restaurant. Uh, Barnaby's in Northbrook, where I invited that guy to go to dinner. <laughs> the the guy that was gonna molest you. Perfect. Yeah, best pizza. All right. All right, I like it. All right, let's play. Let's play Fuck, Mary Kill. Let's All right, do it. here we go. Sorry, I got to grab a stack here. I wanted to add, this, add a stack on the shelf. I wanted to get them in the thing. All right, mix them around, everybody. You guys know, long-time listeners know. Here we go. First DVD I'm pulling out. That's I pulled that one last week. All right, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, you want me to Google uh, it? No. Uh, well, I'll tell you the actress, because I'm going to pick the actress. Rooney Mara. Fun fact about Rooney Mara is that her real name, I think, is Patricia Rooney Mara. Rooney is her mother's maiden name. Mara is her father, is her, you know, her last name. Her mother's dad is the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Her father's dad is the owner of the New York Giants. And her and her sister are both actresses. Her sister, Kate Mara, was on House of Cards and has been in a bunch of other stuff. She's a pretty big actress. Why don't you Google Rooney Mara? I have been. She was... I think in the social network, maybe she was, she was the girl that like in the social network, the movie that, um, Mark Zuckerberg's character was obsessed with in the beginning and kind of like inspired him to do the whole Facebook. Man, thing. this isn't a good one. I'm not very familiar with Rooney Mara, but she's in, she's in. What All are you right, going to do? Next, next one I'm pulling out. We got, Ooh, pitch. Perfect. Now, who are you giving me? 
Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven women on the cover. You need to pick a number between one through seven, and I'll attach the number, and then that'll be who you're going to fuck, marry, or kill. Now, have you ever asked me which preference I have? Do you want to choose? Because I feel like that's not as much fun. I, I can't let you pick. I'm saying, never let anyone... I'm saying over genders, Joe. Oh, well, it's all women on the front. Okay. Uh, I'll take five. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Five is Anna Kendrick. Okay. Anna Kendrick's number five. All right. So you got Anna Kendrick, Rooney Mara. All right. Let's see. What other one am I picking right now? Oh, you're definitely going to do a dude with this one. <laughs> it's old school. You got hey. Luke, Will- Luke Wilson, Will Ferrell, or Vince Vaughn. This is a really good movie. And I know people, some people soured on it because it's like, oh, they're fucking bros. They're idiots. This movie's fantastic. Yeah, but we're kind of too bro-ish of the bro. Like. I know, but I'm letting the fucking non-bro fucking hipster piece of shit people listening. And you're not piece of shit. I like a lot of hipsters. <laughs> they, they find good fucking good, good music every track. now and then. Well, I mean, it's true. I have a love-hate relationship with hipsters. Hipsters will every now and then show me a thing where they're like, dude, here's a good fucking underground bar restaurant. And I'm like, that place is pretty awesome. I'm glad you tuned me on to that. And then they'll do stuff where I'm just like, why are you like this? Why are you so fucking annoying? You know what I mean? They got they got a weird dichotomy to them. Anyhow, old school, Luke Wilson, Will Ferrell, or Vince Vaughn. Um, pick a number between one through three. Uh, I'll take one. All right, Luke Wilson. So your choices to fuck, Mary kill are Luke Wilson, Rooney Mara, or Anna Kendrick. Go. Wow. Well, I'm killing Rooney. Okay. Got, no, got no time for her. I would have said married Anna Kendrick. But do I want to marry Luke Wilson? I mean, you think about it. He seems like a really chill, relaxed guy. Uh, marriage does not need to have sex. So, you know, he's got hookups. Uh, doesn't seem to get in trouble in the press. I never heard anyone say anything bad about Luke Wilson. Professionally, actually, people would call him One Take Wilson because he was known for just nailing stuff right away. Comes prepared, probably keeps a tidy house. Nah, I'm going to fuck Luke Wilson. <laughs> I convinced you the other way. Yeah. Right, you're going to bang Luke Wilson. Sounds and I'm going to marry Anna Kendrick. Uh, she's a, a marriage type, I feel. I like Anna Kendrick a lot, mm-hmm. man. She, her voice mm-hmm. is fucking fantastic. I joked once, I think I tweeted that I would, you know, cheat on my wife with her voice. Mm. Not, not. Sure, your wife was happy about that. Well, she knows it as a joke. My, my wife knows I love Anna Kendrick's voice. So many, because I'm a big fan of the Pitch Perfect movies. And so you know, I'm. Um, Joe, here's, she sings in Trolls, these I, kids' movies. I just want my kids and my and Andrew Kendra kids, I just want them to play the cups when I grow up. And yeah, so man. I think that that's... Whole... Dude, I'm... I, I, I like actually, it. I'll take that back. I want my child to be a professional cup stacker, like on ESPN2. Do they still do that? Like where they... Oh, man. Remember Can only the, assume. Do you ever see the movie Meatballs that came out like in the early 80s? Of course. I'm 40 years old. Yeah. Bill Murray movie, classic movie, everybody. A lot of scenes probably wouldn't fly in today's culture, but still a great movie. There's like one like camp event they're doing where they're like doing like eggs and spoons, or they did no, they're stacking cups. They're stacking teacups, and she'd like they'd walk back and forth and stack them, and wh- and then whoever the cups fell first lost. It always looked like a fun game, but who would actually play a game like that? My child with Anna Kendrick. You know it's really funny, Colt. The the thing I stopped the podcast to do won't upload i've been having trouble with my videos uploading on twitter it takes forever i don't think i've got enough wi-fi going on right now anyway that's what i get that's what i forget for being unprofessional everyone Ugh, anyhow cole cabana dude so great to have you on the podcast man um dude i could talk with you with you for hours you well, have so many good stories 
I'm full of them. We never got yep. in. We never got into me and Doug Collins at his basketball camp. We didn't get into that one. Should we save that one, or do you want to we'll keep s- talking? No, we'll, we'll save it for another save, time. We could save it. Also, we got to save. I heard another story about um, you going on a flight with the Japanese wrestlers and a woman looking absolutely like terrified. Yep, that happened too in Corona. All Corona right, times. Works. We'll have to save that one, um, and then I guess I don't know. Can we finish on one little one? What do you want? No, no, we'll save it. We'll save it. It's, I, I was going to ask about Japanese audiences versus American, and which are better. Save it for the the sequel. Cole Cabana, thank you so much for being on the podcast, dude. You're the fucking best. Uh, everyone, watch AEW every Wednesday night. That's on TNT. AEW Dynamite. Follow Colt on everything. Look for check him out on Twitch. We got to get those Twitch numbers up. That's right. They're pretty All good. Right. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Colt Cabana. Uh, also, I have a documentary about professional wrestling uh, and comedy mixed together. It's called uh, The Wrestling Road Diaries 3, Funny Equals Money. I highly recommend it. Uh, just go to ColtCabana.com for all my merch and other information. Thanks so much, everyone. This has been the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. Cheers.